In today's podcast, we have two awesome guests. We've got Mike Granato and Sean Webb from Athletic Motion Golf. You may have seen these guys on YouTube. They put out some great content to help golfers just like yourself. Despite working with professionals from all the tours, Sean and Mike created Athletic Motion Golf to help more golfers incorporate athletic principles that make for a better, more dynamic golf swing. What we love about these guys, as you will hear, is that it's a common sense approach to the swing, but based from real data that you can apply with ease. And in today's podcast, they share three key differences that they've seen and tested between amateurs and professional golfers. And you're gonna get some great takeaways from this as well that you can immediately have a go at and put it straight into practice. We wanted to get up and, and do some of the moves during this podcast um, and we, re- we thoroughly enjoyed this as well. So we know you will. So um, if you're listening to this, screenshot this, tag us in and Athletic Motion Golf. But for now, sit back, enjoy, and please welcome Sean and Mike to the podcast. Okay, Sean, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you both? Great, thank you. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. It's, it's it's something that we've wanted to do for a while. Get you get you guys on. We love your work. Um, I think I think one of the things that we love about your work is the fact that you take the science and deliver it to the amateur golfer in a very very simple way, which is what we are all about. Me and my golf. Our philosophy is to take all that information and really help the audience in in almost the fewest words possible that's going to drive the maximum results. And we feel that that's what you guys do an amazing job of. So um, we're happy to get you on today to share what you've learned, your experience, and dive a little bit deeper. But just before we get into sort of the main content, Mike, we'd love to get a bit of a, a backstory about what is Athletic Motion Golf? How did you guys meet? And, and how did you get to the point where you are today? Yeah, we, um, and I want to be clear that I appreciate you using the word science, but we're scared of the word science. Like you're not mm-hmm. talking about two two PhDs by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we've been fortunate to measure great players, and we like sharing that data. And like you said, and distill it as simple as terms as possible so it's actionable. Uh, Sean and I met, gosh, been close to 12 years ago now, I think it was. We met up in Long Island. We were both up there actually to buy a 3D system. We had never met. We wound up not getting that particular system, but we kind of started off our friendship there. And then in around 2015, we were doing something for Swing Catalyst. We were in Dallas. And, you know, as those things typically go, at at dinner was where all the great conversations happened. And we we were kind of kicking around. Sean was like, you know, I'm thinking about doing something online. I was like, yeah, I'd like to do something too. It's like, you know, why don't we try to do it together? So if we really screw it up, it'll cost us half the expense. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how it started. We was like, okay, how can we learn how to do something online? And we were just talking about online lessons at that time and not kill us if we really screw it up. And then it's kind of gone. We've learned our lessons along the way, but it's it's been fun along the ways too. Good. And, and, and I suppose maybe, Sean, I'll fire this to you. For the for the for the listeners to this who who haven't necessarily seen your content, what is athletic motion golf? What does it sort of stand for? What does it mean? I think when we first came up with the concept, Mike and I were both athletes from different sports. I played baseball, basketball, and golf, and Mike was a golfer and a and a Division One basketball player. And we were trying to um, figure out a way to kind of parlay that into helping people with their golf swing. Um, using other sports and taking from what they learn in other sports because a lot of people that take lessons from us who played other sports, whether it's tennis, golf, basketball, whatever, and trying to um, bring that athleticism in from other sports into golf instruction. And I think that's kind of how, how it started out. Perfect. Yeah, you can see that. It's, it's really interesting because me and Andy spoke before this and going, because of the research that you've got, from obviously from great players and the information you've got and the knowledge you've got, you could do a really good job of messing people up. You know, you have that, you, you, yeah. can, you know, the words that you use because of the data that you've got could easily mess people up. And again, just reiterating what Andy said, that's why we like what you guys do because you're doing something, which I don't think you've done enough of. I think it could be done more of in this game at the moment, especially with stuff online. There's so many, you know, 
so much information being put out there. And I think there's obviously a lot of it's great information, but it's also about how do you actually make it, as you said, Mike, actionable. And I think that's that's what we're going to try and do here now. And I think, you know, what the the main thing we want to get through in this podcast is you guys talk a lot about the difference between pros and the amateurs, the average golfers. Now, we all know that we don't want our golfers, although we'd love our golfers to be able to swing like Rory McIlroy. But what are some of the things that maybe Rory does and other people, other players who are really good that could be actionable for us? So maybe, Mike, I'll start off with you. We said we, you know, we'd perhaps like to get three of these differences between the pros and the and amateurs. Let's, let's go with you first of all, Mike. What do you see as a, as a big difference? I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's like you take a Rory, for instance, you know, very few humans on the planet can move like he does at, at that speed, especially. But he's very similar with the rest of the tour. I mean, very similar at about eight key categories that he moves that the guy just learning the game can move like. And once you start to incorporate those uh-huh. those key areas into your own swing, you know, Sean and I look very different when we swing the golf club but we can make those couple key parameters very similar. And that's what we found kind of as the uh, the similarities with good swings that will apply to every golfer, not just those people gifted to move like Rory, because those are few and far between. Uh, for us, three things right off the bat. One is it's set up with having your hips positioned over your ankles. That's a big deal for golfers. Uh, you know, we see so many golfers and I've, and I've seen you guys deal with this in your lessons that you put online as well. Is golfers will tend to set up with their with their rear ends way behind their heels and then struggle with the early extension once they start moving. And that's a big deal that we can all just about knock out just from how we set up. Another one is, is how we use and bend the trail arm. We work a lot of that with our pros as well as our AMs. It's a tendency to use the trail arm as kind of a substitute for turning. And what we found through the data is if you use the trail arm instead of turning, you're actually limiting your turn. If you learn to keep your trail arm wider, you'll actually increase your turn. And we watch guys in their seventies increase, you know, 25, 35 degrees of shoulder rotation without, you know, in the same lesson. So they're not like gaining instant flexibility, but because their body's now doing what the arm was trying to do, they picked up an incredible amount of rotation just from learning that concept. And then a big one that we also focus on is the trail knee in the downswing. We see a lot of golfers lock that trail knee out in the downswing. And we liken that as kind of like, you know, the trail leg is the anchor in the downswing. If you throw an anchor and straighten out that trail knee too early for, again, for all, but for very few select golfers with the mobility to get away with it, you're going to lock up your trail hip rotation and then you're going to be stuck kind of at that address position impact that no one likes to do. And we see that all too often and golfers are often mm-hmm. videoing themselves and stopping themselves at impact. And mm-hmm. you may be seeing that they're, as you say, their setup looks like their impact and vice versa. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's get into that first one. Then let's talk about that setup because, you know, whether you look at the Jack Nicholas quotes, I mean, we all know as golf coaches, if your setup is out, it's going to be a problem, but, I suppose my first question is, and I've got many, we're all different. You know, all four of us, you know, on this podcast now, we're all different body types of different shapes, sizes, different length levers. How can we, how can you, how do you guys go about getting somebody into that balanced setup where you've got those hips over the, over the ankles? Sean, maybe. I mean, the main drill. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. Um, The main thing we do, we have a drill. We give pretty much everybody that's struggling with it. We have them, back themselves up against the wall and get one club width away from the wall with their heels. So the, the, the length of a blade of an iron. So, you know, three, four inches away from the wall, pretend the wall is behind me. We have them feel like they're bending from the hips and almost bending over a fence. But when they do that, don't push their rear end back to touch the wall as you do it. Cause that's the tendency for everybody. When they bend forward from the upper body, they tend to push their hips too far back. Well, with that wall there, they have a gauge say, okay, See if you can bend forward without pushing your rear end into the wall and then just crack your knees at the end of that motion. And that'll get your hips basically over your ankles and get no matter what your size is, it kind of gets you into your best chance to make a decent golf swing. How many people now listening to this now are walking to the walls in their house? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about doing it right now. 
I, I was the same thing as well. The, the, the thing is, from your guys' experience, Sean, as well there, would you say that the majority of amateurs have, I mean, you said, you said it there, you used the word crack, you, crack their knees. Would you say that the majority of amateurs yeah. coming to you were overflexing their legs and sitting back too much? Is that what you're saying? A hundred percent. You know, they, they overflex the knees and they, they get into their heels as far as the weight is concerned. Because, that, you know, as, as golfers, we've been drilled, you know, early extension is like the worst thing you can possibly do, which, again, it's something that you want to fix. But what they don't realize is that when they set up with their – weight on their heels and their rear end too far back in an attempt to not early extend, it makes it worse. So I think it's starting to get more baked into golfer setups just because of the the, um, the instruction that's out there as, as far as how much early extension talk there is. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a key one. And I think it's something that it's something that sort of um we're doing a lot of sort of live lessons at the moment and we've just brought some training aids out. And the one thing that we've, that we've been using a lot is just the balance. We've brought this balance trainer and just how important it is of where that balance point is. And it's almost like every single lesson that we have, it's like they need to be on this balance trainer because there's some issue with, with where that weight is from heel to toes that they're set up. And just that one small thing, which is often overlooked by a lot of amateur golfers has a knock-on effect within the golf swing, whether it's any shift forwards or backwards in the swing. And then all of a sudden your strike's compromised, your your pivot might be compromised as well because of that. And I think, isn't it funny that most golfers maybe dive straight into the 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 technical swing stuff first and bypass, well, where's the root? Where's it coming from? And I think that's just a great example of just something so simple about going to the wall and going, let me get myself really balanced and in a good place here to enable my body to be able to move and function in a way that's going to produce some more consistency. Yeah, that's one of the all-time underrated training needs is that the balance. Wall. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the balance. And the wall, yes. <laughs> well, I was talking about what Andy was talking about, the balance thing under the feet. You combine both of them, then you got a really good training aid. You got a – you got a home run. Andy, what is yeah. it that you're using there? Is it like a little foam, a small noodle or something? What balance trainer have you been using? It's um oh, I haven't got it here actually, but it's something that we've we've seen a lot of in the past and we we, we were like, we want to create some because we were always talking about it. And then we create created yeah. a few different ones and we felt that the ones that were on market were a little too big. Uh, in there were too too much off the ground. Yeah. So it was it was really it was almost just too hard. So we created a slightly mm-hmm. thinner one that enabled a little bit of balance, but also enabled you to feel your, your your heels and toes on the ground as well. For us, that was really important that we want to feel that connection, but it forces you in a place to feel that as well. So it's just something we've had made that we haven't brought to market out yet, but we've been using it. We've had a few prototypes and it's it's, it's so good. But as you said, Mike, it's, it's, it's underrated really. And you hit the nail on the head there that the ones that we've used in the past, we wind up just kind of making our own with some pool noodles, but it's, it just needs to be big enough to create the awareness, right? Yeah. You, you don't want to have to make that a whole skill in and of itself to stay on that balance thing. But if you have that awareness, man, that goes a long way in the golf swing. I think we have to think about when these balance trainers came out, it's turning into a training aid podcast now. If we think <laughs> about when these balance trainers came out, they were probably designed when you used to have everyone used to wear foot joy golf shoes with massive heels oh, on good point. and had a big gap underneath the arch. And it was like, all right, then it works. But no, they're all like yeah. there's no there's, there's no um there's no heels either on golf shoes, really. Mm-hmm. That, might so that might be part of it. Is, is there anything else in there in that setup before we move on to that right, that trail arm that you yeah, go on, Sean. Yeah, oh, sorry. I think um the main, the yeah, the main takeaway from that is make sure you learn how to hinge from your hip joints, and not just from your kind of upper upper thoracic. You know, learn learn a true hip hinge so you can create some angle to the pelvis, and that you know, go, and that dominoes into having good tilts on the backswing. So, you know, there's there's a few different ways to bend forward. Learn how to bend forward from your hips so you have some some uh, angle between your legs and your torso so you can create that correct. Uh, hip tilt on the backswing. So I would add. I love I love all of that. I love all of that. And I think this is something that me and Andy talk about a lot is that 
there was um there were some patio windows that were just outside the reception's office at Oxley Park Golf Club in Wolverhampton, uh, where both me and Andy were junior members. And uh, I ended up working in the shop there, the pro shop there. And there were paving slabs outside. I'm pretty sure we wore the paving slabs out. <laughs> the amount of times we stood in those patio windows looking at it and just checking setup. And I knew yeah. if I had if I had 13 hours in the pro shop that day and I wasn't hitting any balls, I knew I had to go out there at some point and check my setup. And that was a really good place to do that. And I, yeah. But I just, <laughs> the, the moral of that is, actually look at what it looks like you know don't just try and feel it you know don't just get the balance tray on the wall maybe get some feedback for some mirrors or even just videoing yourself yeah I, I, you know it's again it's it takes no talent to set up correctly right i mean it's just one of those things and, and we all want to look at impact but you know most of us have the impact we have because we have to not mm -hmm. because we want to and so much of that is baked in early in the golf swing Love it. I love it. All right, let's get on to that trail arm, shall we? Yeah. Who's going to go so, on this one? You on this one then, Mike, yeah? Yeah, so the, the bend is what we see a lot of the difference between AMs and pros. You know, someone like Rory bends his trail arm in the neighborhood of 55 to 60 degrees in the backswing. Tour average is right around 90 degrees. Our AM averages are right around 120 degrees. Hmm. So we all have that basically That's quarter of a second downswing. And AMs are trying to undo an extra 30 degrees of arm rotation in that same amount of time. That's where a lot of those scoops and flips with the arms stuck behind that no one likes to see, a lot of that comes from how the arms get to the top of the swing. I think um, it's it's interesting. As as you're talking, I'm, 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 I want to start moving and stuff as well. It's so easy. But... <laughs> Something that we talk about a lot as well is just the synchronization with arms and body and what for the listeners to this, if they can build a an image in, in their head, what you're saying there, Mike, is that this trail arm is just basically getting a little too narrow on the way back, right. a lot of overbending on the way back. And then they've got to recover this on the way down and just straighten that too early. Whereas more of the pros, they're going to have less of the bend in that trail arm, which means that they can have what you were saying earlier, that have a better torso rotation. Whereas the amateur golfers are, are almost getting the club back with these arms yeah. narrow in the backswing and under rotating the torso. Is that, is that what you're saying? No, you, you hit it perfectly on the head there. And the, the synchronization is the key to it all. So if you're trying to synchronize 30 degrees more of arm bend, you know, you're going to get that going much quicker and it makes it much more difficult to, to do all that, you know, we see it in the data all the time. The amateur swings are physically more difficult to do than, you know, it's physically more effort to bend it more and try to straighten it more than a 90 degrees or even like a 60 for Rory, something like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not all down to flexibility. It's just down to synchronizing the movements we make. Yeah. And also your concept as well, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, so mm -hmm. what are the reasons do you think that golfers are doing this? We've Why asked a lot of players that. Yeah. Yeah. We've asked a lot of players that. And um, no one, you probably ask 100 players, you're going to get 100 different answers. Uh, what it looks like to us in the data is that the trail shoulder stops moving. So to complete the backswing, this arm's got to fold to get the club in a more length. So we fix a lot of right arms by just making sure the left shoulder is moving across the golfer. You guys just did a, a live lesson of that. The, the player was was, you know, reverse spine tilting and his shoulder was actually going forward along with his head and he couldn't move, couldn't turn. Yeah. You fixed a lot of that by just changing that pivot. And it's interesting because we spoke about this as well. It would be really easy to talk about physical limitations with Tony. I think Tony is who you're talking about. Yes, exactly. And we were, talk and we were talking about it and go, you know, we, we did some screens with him and things like that. And we saw that he was a little bit then, but Andy was like, Andy was giving the lesson. He was like, no, I'm going to go this way and just actually just see what happens. Let's not just, just because there's a few um, things that are indicating that could be a reason for it. No, mm -hmm. let's just see what we can actually get out of it. And as you say, you got 70 year old guys who are, who are rotating 20, 20 degrees further by just understanding that role of that right arm. You know, and back to your point, if if his concept was to keep his head still, yeah. have a, you know, a centered pivot, you know, the club's only going to get up to the top in one way. So, you know, I love what Andy did was, 
you know, did my head turn? And he said, no. And he goes, well, look again. And it, yeah, it did turn. Right. So <laughs> you got to allow yourself some freedom of movement to gain some rotation and some turn and width mainly. Yeah, I think it's... Um, no, yeah, I just think... Um, yeah, it's it's a. I think that the concept thing is is just a huge one, isn't it? And I think it's like we can do, we can delve into mm -hmm. the technique, but if somebody if somebody's concept is hasn't changed, they're going to produce the same motion. So it almost yeah. like we almost need to change the concept first before we can actually get in there. And regarding this, something that I say to a lot of my lessons, uh, the amount of time I've said this to to one of my students on the backswing, <laughs> more body, less arms, more body, less arms. Because a lot of them are arms and no body. And I'm like, I want more body, less arms. And I think from the stuff that we've done, and I think this is where maybe there's a there's sort of linking the amateur and the pros. With a golf pros who's full-time, their, their backswing is a little less important than an amateur's backswing because they have more resources, more time, to coordinate things and more skill to actually get it back to square. Whereas the average golfer who's listening to this, who practices once a week, who plays once a week, their backswing is so crucial to in order to prime them to, to not have to make the compensations in the downswing. And I think a lot of golfers are so focused on downswing and impact. But backswing, would you do you do you agree that guys? Do you think backswing is crucial for amateurs? I mean, the, the more we teach, the more we, you know, we feel like we're backswing teachers. Yeah. <laughs> we just give so many backswing lessons. And uh, yeah, every amateur is focused on the downswing, but they just don't realize the domino effect that takes place if they can just get into a better spot at the top of the backswing. Mm. Yeah, for sure. What so would you just on that? Probably yeah. thank you. I was going to say, just on this, maybe the same question, Andy, just on this trail arm then and, and looking for a better trail arm, but ultimately understanding the relationship between the arm and the pivot, I suppose, what mm -hmm. sort of things are you looking at would, would be really useful to the people listening? So a, a big one for us, and you can do this just sitting in your chair, is I'm doing it, I'm doing a lot it. of AMs will want to pull this right arm behind them as, again, a way of kind of cheating the turn. If you can make a pivot and keep, you know, make like a 90 degree angle there between your arm and kind of connect it to your right trail elbow and, and just turn through the shoulders and let the arms go where they go. Yeah. Now fold your arm to 90 degrees and, and that's a tour backswing. Nice. I like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. It's a good way to keep width. That's probably the biggest thing in the backswing that we see the difference between AMs and pros is all of this robs you of width. That yeah. you're going to try to find in the downswing. That's a brutal time to find it. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. One question we get asked all the time is how can I get coaching from yourself and Pierce? Now, we do coach in person at the Grand here in San Diego, but for those who can't make it in person, we've built something that's just as good. We've created the Me and My Golf Academy. This is basically our online coaching academy where we've literally poured everything that we've learned from the best players and coaches in the world on not just about how to swing it great, but also what it takes to actually play great golf and get around the golf course in, in as least shots as possible because that's really the aim. There's over 17 specific coaching plans where we actually guide you through simple lessons that we know get results. Some of the most popular ones are Total Driving, Break 90, Ultimate Irons, and complete chipping and we really believe that these are the best online courses on the planet to help your game plus we have an amazing member community over there with loads of other benefits and discounts on some amazing brands so if you're fed up of having too many swing thoughts and you can't figure out why you're so inconsistent and seeing no improvement then give this a go and you can see if it's for you our members are seeing some incredible results in as little as only one week and we'd love to see if we can help you out with your game so if you want to find out more, click the link in the show notes or simply download the Me and My Golf app. Let's get back to the show. Good luck. Perfect. Cool. Um, should we go on to that trail knee? Let's go on to that trail leg and that's uh, the anchor. Yeah, this so, one, Sean's yeah, got so I, much good info go on this one, yeah. You want me to do it? Yeah, so... Yeah, what you got? Well, we just, we just started seeing a lot of people, like back to what we were first talking about with the setup, you know, people are really conscious of early extension. And the more golfers we had come through um, the gears and get on the gear system, we started seeing that 
with the amateurs, a lot of them had the left knee and the right knee, the same bend at impact, basically. And like Andy was saying, you, you know, we, we, we ask a lot of questions in golf lessons because I want to know what they're trying to do and what they think is correct. And uh, I'll say, you know, your backswing's pretty sorted, decent downswing, but what's your thought process down around the ball with your legs? Well, I'm just trying not to overextend, so I'm trying to keep my trail thigh or quad back to the wall so I don't really extend. And then the more we looked at that compared to what some of the tour players do in our database, we realized that, okay, these really high-end players, their right knee is usually maybe about three times more bent in impact than their lead knee or lead knee, uh, trail knee, three times more bent than the lead knee. And to do that, you actually have to allow your trail side of your rear, rear end to come off that wall, which allows the left side to go into the wall. So Basically, by trying not to early extend and straightening both knees, it was causing them to early extend. And that's where this whole thing about the knee flex change and impact came about. Now we try to get them to understand, listen, you know, the, the hips are going to move almost like a revolving door as they go forward. Let the right hip come a little forward out toward the ball line, which will send the left hip back into the wall behind you. You've eliminated early extension. And oh, by the way, you picked up, you know, 20 degrees of hip rotation because when the knees change like that, that affects the pelvis motion and allows it to open. So that's that's where we come up with came up with this idea that okay, the pros and the AMs V action is so crucial down by the ball. Mm. Do you we've um, seen a lot of go on, Mike, you Kara? I'm sorry, I was gonna say we've seen a lot of AMs with more bend in the lead knee at impact in the trail. Yeah. That's yeah. a very tough way to play golf. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see it actually. I think guys. I do a little bit of that actually. <laughs> Come on, man. It's tough. <laughs> and would you say, I mean, I think what we've got so far, which I love, we've got the wall drill, and, and it's hard to do this in a podcast. We've got a wall drill, great yeah. visual. Yeah. We've got this drill here, which I think was really good as well from a turn perspective. Is there anything that we can sort of get into to the listener's mind for this that they can do to work on the knee movement? I've also got another question I'll ask in a moment as well. Yeah. So, you know, just get yourself a setup, you know, your best setup, allow your hips to move forward three to four inches. Okay. Let your left hip or your lead hip go back a little bit through the wall and then allow your right knee to be softer as it comes through. And the, the added benefit of having that right knee softer is that it also keeps the hip tilt. So you don't put so much of your tilt into your, you know, your, your thoracic spine, which is physically difficult for a lot of people, especially folks that sit at a desk all day. So you want to allow the hips to have tilt as they're coming through the ball. That will obviously tilt the upper body so you don't have all of that side bend crunch trying to come from the rib cage. And it just physically puts yourself in that location, then okay, then do it from a little bit of motion and just gradually build up to it. It's not something you want to kind of have a concept of and then go grab your driver and try to do it all in your driver's swing because you're probably not going to do it right off the bat. Literally chip some seven irons, 80 uh, 100%, yards. hundred percent, yeah. yeah. Wedges are a great way to learn how to do it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. They can, com they can combine that with the wall and just like you say, just get a bit of a, a more of a conceptual idea of where, what does it feel like to be in a really good impact mm -hmm. position with the, with them. Um, it's funny. I said position there. Cause I don't normally like to say position at impact because right, right. we really like to keep it flowing as well, but it's nice to have a, a feeling of what it feels like through impact really. And I think just doing that at the wall with the right knee softer is certainly a good way. Yeah. And you know, your left knee be 10, 15 degrees bent and you want double that at least in your trail knee. And it's, you don't need a ruler to do that. You'll feel it if you kind of just put yourself there, yeah. One thing that, Sean, you, Sean, you said a minute ago, which I think is really important to, to share with the listeners as well, because we see this all the time, is that golfers are often trying not to do something. So golfers are either trying not to early extend, not to sway, not to lift up. Um, and it tends to sort of paralyze mo motion, doesn't it? It tends to completely stop any motion and something that we – continuously mm -hmm. take people is that it's not that you're moving too much actually often golfers aren't moving enough but they're just not necessarily moving right so how important is it to be able to to think of think of what to do and as opposed to what to yeah. and what, what's your experience with that with when golfers are focusing on trying not to do something it's, it's huge, and you mentioned the sway part. So let's just say on the backswing, someone sways too far to the right, 
and at the top of the swing, their hips are too far away from the target. That golfer, a lot of times, like you said, will just lock up and not do anything. So what we try to get them to understand is, hey, we want a little bit of movement early in the backswing to the right, but as you finish the backswing, you just kind of drift back to the middle. And when that concept gets in their head, it, it frees them up. It's like, okay, I'm not really trying to be stiff and still here. I can make this kind of flowing motion, which ties everything together. And um, it really takes the handcuffs off of them in a, in a lot of cases. Like you said, you teach them how to move and when to move at the right time, and all of a sudden they've got a golf swing. Yeah, if you really want to zoom out on this pros versus AMs concept, the pros move earlier than the AMs move. Sean just made a great example. Like that shift happening early versus that shift happening late in the backswing is a huge difference to your downswing. And, yeah. you know, golfers are going to move something. It's when do you move it is oftentimes more important than, you know, how much you move it. Yeah, it's a good, uh, a good example there. So would you say golfers are, are moving earlier from a lateral perspective in the backswing, a little bit of shift? And then also then they're turning earlier in the swing, would you say as well? They're having more rotation mm -hmm. earlier. Would you say that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doing. Uh, and, and that's maybe one of the hardest things from a teaching perspective is to change someone's timing of when they do something. Cause you know, you only know your timing, but if you can slow down and feel a different timing, it, it's like we always say that juice is worth the squeeze. If you can alter your timing and do more work earlier, then you actually have less work to do later. And most AMs are, man, they've got a big checklist of things to do in that quarter of a second downswing. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I think I think it's huge. Just uh, I've got another question for you guys. Um this is all written. I think there's so many practical things that I think golfers can do from this. Uh, and I'm sure they can check you out past this as well, which is great. Maybe this is a question for, for maybe each of you separately. Um, what do you feel in the last, let's say, five, I'll go to you, Sean. How, how, have you, how have you changed your coaching in the last five years? So what's what do you think has changed from five years ago, Sean, coaching to 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 where you are now is there has there, has there been any big shifts or anything that's dramatically different to what you did five years ago yeah the, having gear so i i've had gears i had the second system that was ever built i guess maybe five six seven years ago now and once i i was able to um sorry about that someone's trying to get me once i was able to um start capturing swings and look at some of these high level golf swings I think my understanding of the swing just got better. And um, my understanding of how to pinpoint the problem has gotten better because when someone comes for a lesson, we call it an MRI for the golf swing. They come in, get on gears. I can see exactly what you're doing. I've got my eight or 10 things in order that I know to look at that are the red flags. And I just attack the first red flag. And uh, it makes for a concise lesson. I can hit the root cause a lot faster and the student gets the buy-in because they can see it in, in in the before and after in gears, I could right arm, for example. You know, Mr. Jones, you had 120 degrees of right arm bend. I know that's a red flag in the golf swing. Five swings later, they've got 90 and they increased their shoulder turn 30 degrees. That is a that's a great experience for that golfer. Because not only did you pinpoint what they did, you took the time to give them an MRI of their own golf swing. They've got a better understanding of what they're doing. They can see the before and after, so they've got the buy-in. Even if they don't start hitting it better in the first 30 seconds, they know that they don't have to leave that lesson questioning what I'm telling them. Yeah. Because this is it, black and white. These are all these great players that we have to compare it to. And I think that's that's how I've changed over the years. I, I guess I've just gotten better at um, the lesson experience, I guess, and the pinpoint what the true problem is. And I bet you're at a point that points – Sorry, you'll say just quickly, sorry, Andy, the, the great thing about that eight-point checklist that you've got is if there are six red flags out of eight, you know by the time you tackle the first two, you're probably going to get rid of some of those other ones before you even get to them. Again, that, but that just shows you how important yeah. the setup, the backswing is yeah. in, in helping out the downswing. Go on, Andy, yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Go ahead, Andy. No, no, that's fine. I think, um, and, and I, I bet using that system so much now, um 
I bet you can look at the golfer and almost predict what that system is going to say. So you're so in sync with that system now that you can go, okay, I, I know what I know roughly what this is going to be like because you've measured it so much and you've got the you've got the the customer there and the students, yeah. Yeah, we've seen so every gear swing I've captured over over these years, thousands, I've had the video next to it. So I guess you just train your eye after a while. You know, you can't get it to the degree, but I know my checklist, okay. He's got too much knee bend. He's um, sliding the hips too far toward the target on the backswing. The pelvis turn is flat. You know, I can kind of go down just with the video and get pretty close. But um, it, it, it's helped in so many different ways. I'm just thankful that I was able to get it when I did because I think it helped my, my teaching so much. Brilliant. And, Mike, what would you say there's a big shift for you, uh, would you say? Uh, you know, Sean kind of touched on it there at the end that now that we've, you know, that we've got the setup that we've got, every time we capture data, we always capture the video along with it, especially when you're talking about the forces into the ground and all that. And, man, it's still amazing even today and after all the years of seeing that side by side, how deceiving what someone looks like they do compared to what's actually happening in their golf swing. And it's, it's you know, after a while, you kind of play a game with yourself. And then when someone comes in for a lesson, you know, we'll kind of talk to them as they're warming up to kind of distract them. Because some, sometimes they're nervous when they come in. And it's a new experience to be on gears or whatnot. And so we want them to be as comfortable as possible when they're warming up. And we're talking and we think, okay, this guy's going to have way too much arm bend. There's going to tell us going to be too flat. And then when you see the first set of data, you're like, no, we were wrong there. Or, no, we got it right there. And it's, it's continuing to sharpen our eyes compared to what we know is true versus what it looks like. And then when you, when you get a video from that player, you know, maybe two weeks later and the camera's in a completely different spot and they'll say, you know, my swing's not looking like it did when I was there, you know, that's literally down to just where that camera's positioned when they're looking at the swing. And it's, it's through a lot of trial and error and through a lot of just side-by-side -side comparison, you know, hours into the night of just kind of almost, you know, retraining our eye of what we're seeing and always having a kind of a yardstick to compare it to has been, I mean, it's still an ongoing lesson for us. And that's, to me, that's the funnest part about teaching the game is we still get to learn lesson after lesson, year after year. And when we go back and look at things we did five years ago, the things that we're doing now and, and can pick up on much quicker now, I think that's the coolest part is that we're, we're seeing things better than we ever did. And at that same progression, the technology is getting better. So it's almost like we're never going to get there, but we're going to continue to learn and, and enjoy it, really. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I love, love it. I always remember Claude Harmon saying, and this is a while ago now, he said he said to us that, you know, he will always play the game of trying to fix someone with his eyes first mm -hmm. and then understanding whether the, you know, the video, the, 3D and the and the launch monitor all match up to what he sees. And I think it's it's yeah. really good. Any coaches listening to this, because I know we do get coaches listening to this as well, you know, use your eyes first. And we, I suppose um, I'm uh, fortunate enough to be at the age to have not had to use video and things <laughs> like that first. I did have to use my eyes and the ball flight. And I suppose mm -hmm. that's, that's one thing that we're always talking to our our members of the of the website about is saying, look, yeah, okay, I want to change this in my golf swing. And it's like, well, okay, tell me why you want to change that. You know, mm -hmm. what does the ball tell you about whether mm -hmm. that or not? And I think that's something that's a whole other discussion we can get into. But yeah, I love it, guys. I, I think that's why you've that's why you've from what you've just described there, just those couple of descriptions you've just had there just shows why you guys are so successful. So yeah, congrats on that. Awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You guys appreciate have you guys. been doing this online for a long time and and I feel like we're relatively new to the space and you guys were certainly kind of a model of of how to teach golf online and and it's it's really cool to be talking to you today. Oh awesome. Thank you. No, it's been great. Yeah. Great to have you guys on. I don't get I don't get nerves very often. I was nervous getting on this one because I love <laughs> you guys. I think when when I first got with Mike, I think I pulled up your YouTube even. I'm I'm just thinking back now. Um, how much of an influence you guys were on Mike and I. So I appreciate that. And it's kind of surreal to be doing it, uh, podcast with you now. So thanks for asking us. Right. Well, this is good. We're just sharing the knowledge, aren't we? Which is so important. Yeah. I think this is why, this is why all, all coaches just should do this. And I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
And it's, it just shows that what you guys do, and you can feel it from when you speak, that it's just you care so much about helping golfers, and it's something that we um, we had a we were in a, in a, a meeting the other the other day, and somebody asked us why we did what we did, and um, and we were sort of sort of talking about certain stuff, and we were like we we, we we're changing golfers' lives, we want to change people's lives with what we do, and it sounded quite cheesy and corny, but. We all know how important golf is to people. Every listener to this podcast, if they have a, a crappy game, it affects their day. It affects their week, and it and it's it's such a it's such an important part of people's lives that we are in the fortunate position that we can actually impact that in a positive way. And you guys are are obviously clearly passionate about that and doing an amazing job. So um, really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out, and for the work that you're continuing to put out there as well, because it's amazing stuff. I appreciate that. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it, most people that we work with do this for a hobby, right? To do, do it for fun. And if no one wants to have a hobby, they don't enjoy. So if you can enjoy wow. playing a little bit better, and we're the same way, we hear something or, or see something less, and we're going to be the first ones to try in our own swings to see if that doesn't help us hit it better. And that's, you know, no one ever masters this game. So it's if you don't love the pursuit, man, it's a rough game to be in. <laughs> it is. Right, we've got we've got a quick fire question for you guys to sort of round up on. We'll we'll go we'll ask both of you the same question. We'll take it in turns and then we'll we'll go from there. Um we'll start with you, Mike, on the first one. What's the best piece of golf advice you've had? Uh, I, to me, simplifying my own swing, because I'm you know bigger than most golfers at six five. It's just getting that club moving up and down on a consistent plane has made my golf life so much easier. Okay. Nice. Sean? The one piece of advice that helped me the most. Um, probably when I realized I could shift off the ball a little bit in the early part of the backswing. <laughs> I, I, I was there when was you realized changer. that. <laughs> that was a game changer. I was like, wait, all these guys are moving to the right to start the backswing? That was I uh that one helped me a lot and it made a light bulb go off and it and I I, I play better now than I ever have. I've been playing for 40 years. I hit the ball now better than I ever have in a hardly practice. So um some of the stuff that we've learned has, has helped my game, which is great. So that's an early sway effectively, but then recentering as you guys talk about a lot. Right, that changed my whole golf swing. My whole the, everything that I do is predicated around that. And I, I hit it farther than I ever have and and straighter. So it, that helped me the most. Love it. It's a good combo, further and straighter. <laughs> that was beating that combo. That. It's like a tailor-made ass. Yeah. Tailor-made ass. Forgiveness. Yes. Okay, we'll go back to you, Sean, on this one. Um, what's the worst advice that you hear in golf? Don't oh, move off as you start the back. Yeah. I've actually banned... I put a, a ban on my brother from saying this to my nephew because um, he tells him to keep his head down. And uh, that's my, my least favorite piece of golf advice is to tell someone to keep their head down because it just ends up locking them up so bad that uh, not, not my favorite thing. Love it. Love it. Mike, yourself? Yeah, for me, this one rings home because I was taught I'm of the age where it seems like every setup lesson I've ever gotten was to kind of sit on a bar stool which is that yeah. putting those those hips way back behind my heels was how I interpreted that. And, man, that led to a, a lot of rough years struggling <laughs> with that, trying to undo that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of mass back there. When it goes back there, it ain't coming back full. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, right. Back to you then. Actually, we'll go with you again, Mike. Uh, what would you change about golf? Um, I think the rules just need to, to be simplified. Like, you know, and I, and I, this is a whole podcast in itself. I don't think limiting the ball or limiting the way people can enjoy the game is a great way to go about it. Um, you know, just bringing more people into the game, helping people play better golf. I think if we can have a simpler set of rules and I get it for the, for the tournament player and all that goes into that, but uh, simplifying the game to the point where more people can just enjoy the game, learn how to play it the correct way, but enjoy it. And, you know, it, it's no, no one has fun 
watching a, a group in front of you hit a ball out of bounds and not know it and then have to do that ride of shame or walk of shame. That exactly. Like, you know, we all that got, we're trying to beat daylight at the end of the day. And, um, you know, that's one example, but um, if you ever hit a flag stick and then it ricochet off the green or have to play out of a divot, you know, those, those sorts of things could certainly do better. I think. Right. Well, they stole my divot. That was that's mine. I, don't think, it. <laughs> I just think that's the worst rule in golf. <laughs> that that's what you'd change, Sean. Yeah, just play being yeah. drop it out of a divot. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's the the rule change I would make. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. I mean, that that's the one that, that jumps into my head. Love it. Um, two more then, uh, Sean. What's the best thing about golf? What's the best thing about golf? I just think it's probably the challenge of getting better. Like I've been playing for so long now and you know, you, you never stop working on your swing. You never stop working on your skill set, but you can't master it. You have days where you feel like you could play on the PGA tour and then you have days where you don't think you can break 90. So um, I guess the, the challenge of the game, I think is what, um, what makes it so great. Yeah. Agreed. Love it. And Mike, for you. Yeah, it's like two days are never the same. You know, it's not like, you know, I grew up playing basketball. I go into the gym. doesn't matter what time I go into the gym. The basket's going to be the same height. There's going to be no wind. Mm. The lights are going to be the same. The courts, everything's the same. You show up two days and you're playing in a, your local club championship or whatever, you could have two drastically different experiences. And it's how you have to deal with those. That I mean, that's where the challenge is, right? It's that, that six inches between our ears. And uh, man, it's a fun chase to to try to get better at doing that. Yeah, it really, it really is. It's uh, we've all been out there and thought we've cracked it one day, and then the next, the next day you go out and it, bite, it bites you in the ass. The next day, it's like this is this is exactly what it's about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you haven't had that experience, you haven't played golf long enough. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the final question. This is an interesting one. This is three golf truths. What's true about golf? Um. I'll go with you, Sean, first. Three golf truths. Three golf truths? It always gets people thinking this does. Mike, oh, Mike's man. got a bit of time to think now while you're answering yours, Sean. Yeah, I well, need more time to think. Give me one, then go to Mike. Go back and forth. Okay, there we go. Uh, I like it. Go. I like we'll, go, we'll, go, we'll, we'll go three between you. Very, very difficult game. Very difficult yeah. game. I tell people all the time, don't beat yourself up if you're not shooting in the 70s because it's so hard. Yeah, okay. bad swings are harder to make than good swings. Bad swings are harder to make than good swings. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I like it. I, I like that one. Yeah, I've not heard that one before. And Sean, one more from you. We'll have three between you. I think that's good. Most most people cannot just swing their swing. I hear that thrown around a lot, and they just. <laughs> I guess that's an anti-truth. They 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 can't. They telling someone to just swing their swing usually ends up going horribly wrong yeah it's kind of why they come see us because the, their swing ain't working yeah <laughs> yeah yeah what you're doing Usually. is not working <laughs> yeah exactly all right guys amazing thank you um so much some great some great quick fire there but just some great i think great actionable take homes as well today i think um i think most people listening to this they're going to be against the wall they're going to be do doing the trail <laughs> arm drill and maybe um we would love, we talked about this before we came on. We said we'd love to do some, you know, in-person stuff with you guys so we can create the visuals as well and uh, and do do a bit of a collaboration as well. We'd love to do that at some point. Next time we're over in Orlando, um, we'd be definitely love to come and yeah. see your facility and uh, and do some stuff like that. That'd be a blast, yeah. Oh, and if yeah, any of our tips don't work today, um, it's, what is it, support at meandmygolf.com? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh -huh. There you go. You got it. But where can the guy? Where where can the guys go and follow you? Where's the best place to check you out for for more stuff? Probably I mean, YouTube. get it for free on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Athletic Motion Golf YouTube channel. Uh, we put pretty much everything's out there. Um, lots of long form videos and live lessons and stuff to help golfers of every ability. Really, brilliant. Yeah, make sure you go and check it out, guys. They got some great stuff on there and just more of. The stuff that we've talked about today, really actionable stuff that you can apply uh, and help understand, which is an, another equal 
equally important thing to to get clear in your between the ears, which is so, so crucial, really. And this is what we're all here trying to do to help you guys uh, get better. So, um, I think a good thing with that. Sorry, Andy, I'm cutting you again. I, got- I think the good thing about this podcast is that people listening to this, hopefully, I believe from what you guys have said, you will change the direction now that, that some people are going in. They're gonna they're gonna ask different questions themselves as opposed to the same questions. And I think that's really important. I think that's why it's been a great podcast because I do believe you change people's fate today. We're getting deep again, and you know, change. Oh, man. thank but you. I, but I but I believe what we have. I believe that you've 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 helped to do that. If some people can actually listen to this, maybe we should play this part we're saying now at the beginning, Andy, so people make sure they listen. Yes. To it. Um, I'm recording that for all of our promos, by the way. There we go. There we go. <laughs> But, but that's right, though, isn't it? As soon as you start asking different questions, if you can improve the quality of your questions, you're going to get hopefully better answers. So that's a great stuff. point. Really well done. Appreciate Thanks so guys. much, guys. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully, we can get something to do something soon. Absolutely. My pleasure. We, we appreciate, appreciate y'all having us. It's been great. Thanks, guys. Okay. Really good podcast. I think. As we mentioned about, you know, Sean and Mike, what I love about those guys is the fact that they have access to all the data, the science, the technology, but they create, as we've just seen in that in that podcast, very simple, actionable things that people can do in order to get better as well. Yeah. And do you know what it was? And I know I said it, you know, they have the the questions they will raise now in people's minds about what they are doing, I think are going to be really important. So I just encourage anyone listening to this, think about your game starting from the setup through the backswing into the downswing, obviously, and through the ball. But then I suppose the one thing I would say, a caveat that is almost let the golf ball tell you first what you needs to be happening. So if you're slicing the golf ball, then you can track it back through your setup, through your backswing and so on and so forth. But I thought I thought those guys were great and I'm looking forward to doing more stuff with them in the future. Yeah. Can't thank them. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to do some videos with those. We'll, uh, we can put that visuals. I'm so tempted to just stand up and want to do things and get against the wall and get the golf club in my hands. Um, but we'll have to get that organized. So guys, look, make sure you check those out on their YouTube, Athletic Motion Golf. And also, if you haven't already, check out meandmygolf.com and download the Me and My Golf app. This is where our best content is to help your game. We'd love to be able to, see, to help you play the best golf possible. So make sure you check that out. And we look forward to speaking to you in the next podcast.